Thank you, Jenny. Wasn't that a beautiful song? And it's a new one she's never sung before. Sometimes we sing on the worship team like a rose that was trampled on the ground. That beautiful Savior of Calvary was trampled at the cross for us. And yet for us who accept Him as Lord and Savior, He is beautiful. He is wonderful. He has brought us life and eternal glory. And we're so thankful. Let's just open in a word of prayer. Father, we're confident in You this morning that we are saved. And those who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior can say, I know the Lord. And we thank You, Lord, that Paul says, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that He is able to keep what I have committed to Him until that day. And so we pray now that You'll direct us in Your Word by the Holy Spirit and speak to our hearts, Lord. Please hide me behind the cross. May the words be Your words. May they go out and touch lives in a powerful way, Lord. And we just, just trust You. And we know how much we need you. And may you lead us this morning in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You know, I love that song that George Beverly Shea sings, I'd Rather Have Jesus. And this story I'm going to tell you this morning is a pretty good illustration of that kind of thing. There was an American investment banker who was at the pier of a small fishing village. And he saw a small boat, one single boat coming in with a few yellow fish filling tuna in the boat. And the American complimented the fisherman on the quality of his fish and asked how long it took to catch them. The fellow replied, only a little while. The businessman then asked, well, why didn't you stay out longer and catch more fish? The fisherman replied that he had enough to support his family's needs. The businessman then asked, well, what do you do with the rest of your time? The fisherman said, I sleep late, fish a little, play with my children, enjoy my wife Maria, and stroll into the village each evening where I play guitar with my friends. I have a full and busy life. The businessman scoffed. I'm a Harvard MBA, and I could help you. You should spend more time fishing, and with the proceeds, buy a bigger boat. And from the bigger boat, you could buy several boats. And eventually, you'd have a fleet of fishing boats. Instead of selling your catch to a middleman, you could open your own cannery. And then you would have a distribution system that would be unbelievable. You could control product, processing, and distribution. But you'd have to leave this small little fishing village and move to L.A. And eventually to New York City, where you would run your expanding enterprise. The fisherman asked, but how long will all this take? The American replied, 15 to 20 years. But what then? The fisherman asked. The businessman laughed and said, when the time is right, you would announce an IPO and sell your company's stock to the public and become very rich. You would make millions, millions, millions. Then what? The American said, then you would retire, move to a small coastal village where you would sleep late, <laughs> Fish a little, play with your kids, enjoy your wife, stroll to the village in the evening where you could play your guitar with your friends. The question is, is that success? You know, the world has a totally different perspective on what success is about. People today are driven to be successful and there's nothing wrong with being successful if you do it in the right way and honor God and put Him first and obey Him, then when you enjoy the success, it will be true success. It will be 
good success. The title of our message today is Good Success. The definition of the word success in the dictionary is a favorable or satisfactory outcome or result. Something having such an outcome. The gaining of wealth, fame, or rank, etc. But you know, God has a totally different perspective, doesn't he? He really does. Because the world thinks success is winning and being the best and achieving all this earthly rewards like we were singing about in that song and having everything in this life. But how many people do you see? They're just driven. They work hours and long hours and they spend time away from their families and away from church and away from the ministry of God and they achieve success. Is that a good success? No, that's a bad success because the Bible talks about good success and it also talks about conversely bad success. And so may the Lord encourage us today to have good success. Turn with me, if you would, in your in your Bibles and look up on the screen. We're going to read Joshua chapter one, verses five through nine is our main text this morning. Joshua chapter one and verse five through nine. The Lord told Joshua No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide it as an inheritance, the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do all according to the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. May God bless the reading of his word to our hearts today. The word good is found in this passage three times. He talks about good courage. He talks about good success. And it's beautiful. Twice he mentions good courage. And when we honor God and we put him first and we obey him, God will give us that good success. Whether you're a student at school or at work, or wherever you go, whether you're a business person, man or woman, or whether you're a homemaker, whatever you do, God can give you good success. He will give you good success if you put Him first, meditate on the Word of God day and night, honor Him, and then He will give you a success that is worth having. A success that is good success. I was turning on the TV the other day. I came home from work about... a few weeks ago, a couple weeks, about three weeks ago or four weeks ago. And there was a man, he was preaching the word of God and he was talking about this passage and he mentioned the word good success and it hit me, it struck me. And how he said, there can be a good success, but there can also be a bad success. And I started to meditate on that and really think about it. So many people today achieve success, but at what price? What if they have to give up to get to that success? Who have they had to trample over? and step on, 
And how much did they have to lie or cheat or steal to accomplish that success? That's not good success, folks. It might be success that the world sees as success, but it's not good success. Good success is really God's success because when we honor Him and obey Him, He gives us the success. That we can put our heads on the pillow at night and know we've done our best. That we've had good success. That we've been a blessing to people because we've put the Lord first. May the Lord encourage our hearts. And we're going to look at four men today. Two of them are examples of good success and two of them are a a bad, a bad success. And so may the Lord challenge our hearts today as we look at it. You know, of all the characters in Scripture, when you think about success and you think about God's blessing in his life, you have to think first and foremost of Joseph. Joseph was a man who was an example of good success. God gave him success in his life. But we know it wasn't always that easy, was it? He was sold into slavery by his brothers. How sad is that? His brothers, he loved his brothers. His brothers supposed to love him. They sold him into slavery. Then he was purchased by Potiphar and became his, his steward in his house. And then, of course, we know Potiphar's wife and what she did to try to lure him and how he stood firm for the Lord ended up in prison, falsely accused. Here would be easy for him to just give up, wouldn't it? And just forget it. God's forsaken me. I'm going to forsake him. No, he didn't do it. He honored God. And everywhere he went in Potiphar's house, God prospered him in the prison where he was. They put him in charge of the other prisoners. God gave him good success there, too. And then finally, when the time came, they called upon him to interpret the dream of Pharaoh. And then he was elevated and exalted to the second highest position in all of Egypt under Pharaoh. And God gave him good success. Was it just the good success he received when he became prime minister? No. He had good success all the way along in his life because even through all the trials, all the difficulties, all the hardships he went through, he trusted God and God blessed him and prospered him. He didn't always understand it, why it's happening this way. Sometimes in life, we don't understand it either. But when we trust God and obey Him and put Him first, He gives us that good success. That good success that we can be proud of. That good success that honors God. I'd like to read from Genesis chapter 39, verses 2 through 5 about Joseph and what it says about him, because it's so encouraging. It says, The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of all his house and of all that put under his authority. And so it was from the time that he made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for, the, for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. It's amazing. Joseph was a successful man. Joseph had good success. And even though it was difficult, even though it was hard, the Lord was with him. And the reason he had that success is because the Lord was with him and the Lord blessed him. And it's so much better to trust God 
and have that success that he gives than to have the success in the world at the price that you have to pay for it. In Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 10, it says these words, If the axe is dull and one does not sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength, but wisdom brings success. There's so many people today trying to get success in the wrong way. They haven't sharpened the axe. Can you imagine trying to cut down a tree and maybe have a Christmas tree, right? And you've got this big tree and trying to cut it down with an axe that's not sharp, that's dull, it's not going to work. It's not going to cut that tree down. And wisdom is that when we put the Lord first, we have a sharp axe to use for Him. And we can have good success in what He's given us to do. Yes, Joseph had good success. But you know, good success doesn't come easy in life, does it? The Lord doesn't give success to the lazy person or the slothful person or the person that sits back and says, let other people do it and I'm going to take it easy. No. God wants us to work hard with the gifts and the talents and the abilities that He's given us. Get up and work hard and then God will give us good success. He's not going to bless us if we're lazy and we don't work hard for Him. God, though, is more concerned with the, not so much concerned with the results as He is with our hearts and how much effort we put in to serve Him. Are we dedicated to Him and doing His will? We have to put in the hard work. He'll take care of the results. TJ, Ari, when you study for your tests at school, you do the hard work, right? You put in the time. You put in the study. But who gives you the results is the Lord who blesses that study and effort. He brings to your mind what you've learned and studied and gives you good success. Same thing at work. You prepare for a presentation. You can't say it'll take care of itself. I'll worry about it later. You work hard on it. God gives you a good presentation, Gabe, before your co-workers and so forth. And it's a good success that he gives. And so God wants us to have success in the right way for his glory. Lloyd Carey, Corey once said this, Doing God's will may not always lead to increased popularity, sales, and profits. It didn't in Bible days. And that's true. It doesn't always. But when we honor God and put Him first, He will give us the right kind of success. And many times... He'll give us that good success in in popularity, sales and profits too. He can do it. But we just have to remember to put him first. So Joseph is a tremendous example of one who obeyed and trusted God in the most adverse circumstances and saw God raise him up and he stayed humble and he honored God and enjoyed that good success all his life. The second character I'd like to mention this morning is King David. King David, we can agree, was a successful man. He was anointed by Samuel to be king, while Saul was still king. So David knew that he was going to be king. But little did he know that day when when Samuel took out that oil and anointed him and said, you're the anointed of the Lord, you're going to be king over my people Israel and so forth. Little did he know how long he would have to wait to get to be on the throne of Israel. Little did he know it would be weeks, it would be months, it would be even years he had to wait. And so many times in life, we get tired of waiting. We don't like to wait. We want it now. We want God's success now. We want it to happen right away. And God says, 
Not, not today, Dean. You've got to trust me for it. And he's going to make us wait. And when we wait and trust in him, we see that he gives us that good success. But why did Saul hate David so much? I can't figure it out. David only did good for him. He played the harp for him. He, he served him as a general in his army. He, he honored him everywhere. He spoke well of Saul and honored him. But Saul was jealous. And Saul hated David. And he wanted David to be killed. So he pursued him until he finally gave up. But the Lord protected David. Yes, David was a man after God's own heart. And David was blessed. And David had good success. He had good success when he became king, but he also had good success when he was in the wilderness, trusting God through the difficulties and the trials that God brought him through. He still had that good success. And you know what? It says in Scripture, a beautiful verse in 2 Samuel chapter 8 and verse 2, the second part of that verse. It says, So the Lord preserved David wherever he went. Isn't that beautiful? The Lord makes that promise to you and I today. Vicki, I'm going to preserve you wherever you go. When you go to work, when you drive on the road, wherever you go, whatever you have to do, I'm going to preserve you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you success. Good success. And I was thinking about that and I was trying to think as I was, have read through the word many times, I don't recall ever reading that David lost a battle. Now, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, do you ever read in the Bible that David, I should say, ever lost a battle? I don't think so. He was undefeated. He was undefeated. Why was David undefeated? Was it because he had skill and military prowess? No. Was it because he was a strong person and he had studied and he had done all these things? No. He was successful. He was prosperous. He was undefeated. Because he honored God. Always prayed, Lord, shall we go up and fight these Philistines? And the Lord would say, go up and I'll deliver them. And sometimes he'd say, shall I go up and do this? And the Lord says, no, don't go up that way. Go around this way, up through the mulberry trees. And then God will give you that good success. He'll give you that victory. There's a lot of things going on with Mike's favorite basketball team, which happens to be mine also, the Golden State Warriors are undefeated to start the season. Now, they've won 18 straight games. The whole Bay Area is excited. The whole nation, I think, is excited. How many games will they win to start the season? When will they finally lose? Every team wants to beat them. You know, to be undefeated, everybody wants that. I think about the boxer, Rocky Marciano. He retired as the champion of the world with a 49-0 and record. He never lost a fight. So many fighters nowadays, they keep hanging on and they end up losing and they end up looking bad and you say, they are washed up. They should have quit a long time ago. But he quit at just the right time at the peak of his powers. 49-0. and Yes, David was undefeated. What was the secret to his success? was honoring and obeying God. You see it in the Psalms. You see it in what he sang to the Lord. How he rejoiced in the Lord, and even when he was down, and even when t tough things happened, he trusted God. He, he held on to the Lord. He clung to the Lord through all the circumstances of his life. And you know, he had a following. He had mighty men that followed him. They were loyal to him, and they stuck by him. And they saw the success from it. There was a great Hall of Fame pitcher. Many people probably, if I mention his name, you're not going to know who's that. Who's that? Unless you're a real avid baseball fan. But his name was Lefty Gomez. 
And Lefty Gomez pitched a long time ago, and he had a remarkable streak. Six wins and no losses in the World Series. Oh boy, how would you like to have that kind of a record? You know, we looked at last year at Madison Bumgarner and how he did and how he was so fantastic. Well, here was Lefty Gomez. He pitched six games, won them all, no losses. Well, they asked Lefty, they said, Lefty, what's the secret of your success? And he said, clean living and a fast outfield. Clean living and a fast outfield. And that spoke to me because I thought, you know, that really is the key to life, isn't it? If we are going to live a life that's pleasing to the Lord, we have to live a clean life. We have to show the gospel. We have to live the gospel as well as preach it. And then we will have that good success. People will listen. And we need a fast outfield. We need people to help us. We can't do it alone. God says, you're not in it by yourself. We're going to encourage each other. Our dear John brought up the prayer list we have. And Gilbert and Jean put it together for us every week. And there's a long list of prayer requests. Praise God, we're a needy people. And the Lord helps us and answers our prayers. And we're so thankful. We need each other. We need to pray for each other. I like what Bill said. He says, I desperately need your prayers. I desperately need your prayers. That's the way the Apostle Paul was, too. He felt that way from the believers. Pray for me that God will open a door, he said. Yes, Joseph like and David alike, they honored God, they obeyed him fully and trusted him for the outcome. How many remember Paul Harvey? He used to have a great commentary on the radio. So great. And he'd always say, and now you know the rest of the story. Isn't that amazing? When we get to heaven, the Lord's going to say that to us. Maybe he'll have Paul Harvey. And now you're going to know the rest of the story. What happened in your life? Why these things happen? And when you get to heaven, you're going to know the rest of the story. Well, they asked Paul Harvey to reveal the secret of his success. And he said this, I get up when I fall down. That was the secret of his success. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? The people that really exceed achieve success in life, whether it in the secular world or in the spiritual world, whatever it is, are those that fall and get up. Fall and get up. We're never going to live a life that's going to be at ease, where everything's going to go well and we're never going to fall. We're going to have falls. We're going to have defeats. We're going to have sometimes we're going to have tragedies. Sometimes we're going to have difficulties. But one thing we can be assured of when we fall down, God's going to raise us up. Seven times we may fall, as it says in Scripture, and seven times the Lord raises us up. He's going to raise us up even more than that when we go through. Yesterday, when we came over to Adel and Sylvia's house, it was tragic what happened to their house broken in like that. It's amazing. You get down, you get discouraged, you may get a little fearful, but the Lord's with us. And I really praise God for Adel because he'll find a silver lining in those dark clouds. He, he did right away. He's thanking the Lord that he's alive. Because there was that story told of that pastor's wife. Remember that story just recently in the news? They broke into the pastor's house. They raped the pastor's wife. They killed the pastor's wife. It was horrible. It was on the news a few weeks ago. They found them. Three men. Terrible. Praise God He protects us. Praise God He protects us more than we know. Then we're going to find out in heaven how He really protected us, what He did for us that we never even knew about. Well, Joseph and David, they were successful men. The Apostle Paul in the New Testament was a successful man. What did he have in common with them? He also had a lot of trials. 
He had a lot of difficulties. But at the end of his life, he could say, I fought the good fight. I've kept the face. I've finished the course. Now there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall award to me on that day. And not to me only, but to all those who love his appearing. And so Paul was encouraged. He says, my life was successful because he honored God. So many Christians today, though, they compromise. They compromise their walk. They compromise their families. They compromise the work of the Lord to achieve that earthly success. It's sad because we're going to leave it all behind anyway. And yet we pursue those things so fervently in life. You know, like the story of the fisherman. I mean, the fisherman looked at that and he scratched his head. Why can't I stay in my small coastal village? Why do I have to take that path that you're talking about? And where did he end up at the end? Back in the coastal village, right? And the world says you've got to drive yourself. You've got to do it. You've got to be number one. You've got to push, push, push. At the end of your life, what happens if you've lost your son or daughter? Or if you've lost your family? Or if you've lost those precious moments that you can never get back again to serve the Lord and honor Him? What happens then? With all that earthly success, it's going to be nothing. It's like it says in the Scriptures where Solomon says, vanity of vanities. All is vanity. Bad success because it's not success from the Lord. And now we're going to look at the examples of bad success, but I'd like to ask you the question. Ask yourself, am I a successful man or woman of God? Ask yourself, has God blessed my life? Have I honored Him? Have I put Him first? Well, that's on the positive side. We looked at David. We looked at Joseph. But let's look now at a couple characters in the New Testament who had success. And the world would look at these stories and they would look at these characters and say, boy, these people are really successful. Way more than the first two you talked about. Way more, even more. These are people that are outstanding, successful individuals in business. And the first one is the rich fool in the Gospel of Luke chapter 12. He was successful. It says he was a successful landowner. He owned a lot of land. And he was a successful farmer. He grew crops. And he was successful because he had barns to store his crops. So he really had it all. He had it all from an earthly standpoint, didn't he? He had the crops. He had the business. He had the money. He had everything. Everything was going great. But that's the problem with earthly success. That's the problem with bad success is because you're never satisfied. You've got to have more, more, more. That's why they have the commercials on TV or on the radio or on the Internet, because you have a nice car, Jeff, but you need a nicer one. You need one with a big red bow on it, right? You're going to see it on TV or whatever. And, and you've got to have that new whatever it is. Is that success? Is that really success because you're driving that car? No. Real success comes from the Lord. Let's always remember that. So he made the tragic mistake of thinking that he could leave God out of his business. He could leave God out of his plans. He could leave God out of his life. And he would be a self-made man. He made that tragic mistake. And because of that, he lost his business and he lost his soul. How sad. How sad! People achieving success in this world and losing their own soul. 
which is way more important than a car, a home, or anything this world affords today, like the song said. It really is. Because it's bad success. He had it all, though. He had money, possessions, health. Everything was fine. I'd like to think that this man probably had not a care in this world. Probably everything was going right for him. He was doing just great. But the problem was, he left God out. And he said this. This was really the problem. And God took this note of this. When we say things sometimes in life, remember, God's listening. And when you say things you regret, it's not good. And he said this. Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take your ease. Eat. Drink. And be merry. Big mistake. Because the next words came from the Lord. And it says, this night... You fool, he said. This night, your soul will be required of you. And then who will have all these things? You know, if somebody works that hard and is driven that hard to make all that money and achieve all that success and do it without God, what's going to happen when they die? They're going to leave it all behind, right? And maybe it's going to go to a son or a daughter or an heir or something like that. And they're going to leave this world like they came in, empty-handed. They say when we come into this world, you know, the baby is grasping like this. The baby's hand is born like grasping. But when you die, it's open like this. Leave it all. Leave it all. Because we're not going to take it with us. And so, the Lord, may he help us to realize how important good success is versus bad success. And this, this fool is going to regret it now, but it's too late. That's the problem. It's too late. That's why we don't want to leave anybody to leave this auditorium today or, or go leave this earth without Christ because when you, have, when you get beyond the grave and you get into eternity, if you don't know Christ, you're going to be in hell and that is going to be another word for hell is regret. You're going to regret it. Don't regret. Receive Christ now. Receive Him now so that you can have your soul saved. And have the success that God gives you. The life that God gives you. Full of hope and peace and joy. And understanding his purposes. The second man I'd like to mention is also a very familiar one to us. And that's the story of the rich young ruler. Now the rich young ruler is a very interesting young man. He's a Jewish young man. He knew the law. He did his best to keep the law. And yet he realized there was something missing in his life. He was successful. He was rich. He was a ruler. He had it all also, just like the, the rich fool. I like what, uh, what our dear brother says, uh, Max Licato, he wrote about the rich young ruler. Probably wore Italian suits. He probably wore, you know, fine shoes, you know, and he probably dressed impeccably and he was successful in the community and successful in life. He had it all. Probably very healthy. But he knew there was a hole. There was a void in his life. Something was missing. And he didn't know what it was, but he heard about Jesus. And so he comes and he said, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, why do you call me good? Only God is good. And he said, what does it say to you? The scriptures, he says, obey the law. He says, what does it say to you? And he reads the, the ones that he's obeyed these commandments. He said, and Jesus said, go and sell all that you have. And come and follow me. Mm. All? 
We talk about that little word all. We mentioned that little word all today. That's a powerful word when you have a big bank account and you have all these material things. And he thought about it for a while. Sorry, can't do it. Can't do it. The things had become so important to him in life that he was not willing to give them up to follow Christ. And there's always that one thing that keeps somebody from accepting Christ. There's always that one thing. It might not be money like this. It might be something else, something popularity, peer pressure, stress on you from family, whatever it is, friends, keeps people from accepting Christ. And that's what happened with this rich young ruler. It says he went away sad. He went away sad because he, he, he knew that void was still there in his life. He still knew something was missing. And now he knows what it is that's missing. It's Jesus. But he's even more miserable now because he goes back to where he was before. He had the answer. He had the solution right there. And yet he went back. How sad is that? That's, that's more than sad. That's tragic. He was so close to being saved. So close to having that eternal life in Christ. That eternal good success. But he left it. And Jesus said to him in verse 19... 21, Matthew 19, 21. If you want to be perfect, go and sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. What Jesus is saying, it's not because you go and sell the goods that's going to make you a saved person. No, that's not what he's saying. But he's saying you have to give up something that's keeping you from Christ and follow him. That's what he's saying. And that rich young ruler was not willing to to do it. He made the wrong choice. And it says in Matthew 19:22, "But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions." How sad. He chose his own path, his own riches and his own success. And how many are like that today? They're choosing for themselves. Oh, they have a good life. They have success in the world. They have everything you could possibly want. Many of them don't get sick. Many of them have everything they need. They, don't, they never have any wants. And yet, they still have that void in their hearts too. And they need the Savior. May the Lord help us. That old saying is so true. No Christ, K-N-O-W, no Christ, no peace. But no Christ, N-O, no peace. So may the Lord help us today to know what it is to really have good success. It's the kind of success that Joseph had. God blessed him. God prospered him. He honored God. He obeyed God. He went through trials and difficulties. But he came through it and became successful. He became successful because of the Lord. And David, the undefeated general, the one who honored God, the, the prince, the king, the one who loved God, wrote so many beautiful psalms, he achieved success also. He, God blessed him with good success because he was a man after God's own heart. And let's not be like that rich fool. Let's not be like that rich young ruler. They were so close, both of them, but they didn't receive the Lord. And because they didn't, they were lost forever. They didn't have success. They had success in the world, but it's not good success. And at the end of their life, what does it all mean? It all fades away. All that earthly success, if that's all we have, is going to be gone. It's like a vapor. It appears for a little while and then it's gone.
But the true success that God gives lives on forever and will be with us forever in eternity because we succeeded God's way according to his will and we did it the right way without cheating, without lying, without stealing, without cutting corners. I mean, I read that story about that man in the peanut factory who who allowed that peanut butter to go out that was tainted, that killed people. They ate it and it's like he just... I mean, trying to see, greed is the number one most terrible thing in this world. And what people do to achieve success is driven by that greed. And many of them end up in prison. Many of them end up in bad situations because they just had to, they just had to do it this way instead of doing it God's way. May the Lord encourage us to have that good success. And may we just praise God today. And if you're here and you haven't received the Lord Jesus Christ, now's the time. We just have to step up and say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know that I blew it. I messed up. All of us know that. And we know that we cannot save ourselves. Jesus Christ had to come down and he had to die on that cross and and take our sins on himself so that we might have eternal life. But it's a choice. It's now a choice. And God is not going to come and He's not going to put a vice grip on you and He's not going to twist your arm behind your back and say, you have to believe. He says, here's the offer. Here's my offer to you. I'm going to offer it to you. And God's so faithful, He doesn't just do it once. He doesn't say, well, I gave Dean the chance and he didn't receive me, so that's it. It's over. He gives second chances and third chances. But the catch is this. We don't know when the second or third chances may end because when the rapture comes, those who are saved are going to go up. Those who are lost are going to, are going to be lost and left behind. Those who are saved are going to be in heaven and those who are lost are going to be in hell. So it's a choice and we have to make the choice for Christ now. Not say, well, I'm young. I can make it later. I can put it off a little bit. I, I am. I'm, I'm pursuing my career. I'm, I'm, we're having kids, we're doing this, we're preparing this. When I retire, I'll go to church. When I retire, I'll accept Christ. How do you know you'll make it that far? Our lives are so finite. Our time on earth is so short, so brief, that we need to receive Christ now because we don't know how long we have. And may the Lord encourage us and give us that good success. Shall we pray? Father, we just thank you today for Joseph and for David and how you gave them success. You gave them victory. You gave them honor before men and before you. And Lord, we just pray that we will achieve this good success. We'll do it the right way, Lord. That we will put you first. And when it means coming to church on a Wednesday night before we take a test or before we have a presentation, we know you'll honor us, Lord. We know you'll give us success. Because when we honor you, you honor us. And Lord, we pray that we will avoid that bad success of the world that so drives people to turn to their own devices and ways and away from you. And we pray for anyone here today, Lord, who's not saved, that they will accept you, Lord Jesus, today as their Savior. And that they will not leave without telling someone, without talking to someone, to Brother Adel and coming up and and opening their heart. So, Lord, we commit this time to you. We pray you'll take us home safely and bless us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.